All right, welcome friends, family, and welcome strangers. My name is Alec. I'm joined today with my buddies. You guys want to introduce yourselves? My name is D'Amico. Welcome. Hey, I am Zach. Excited to get this thing rolling. Yes, and um, we are three lifelong best friends with vastly different tastes in video games, but we like coming together and, uh, I don't know, just talking BS. An excuse for us to, uh, to get together and just argue about stuff that we love. Yes, this is a very combative scene we're, we're trying to set up. Uh, 1,000%. We never uh, agree on anything. Yeah, so if you're expecting something chill, go somewhere else. No, no, no. Every single, every single listener, and us included, should leave this episode with a raised blood pressure. Yeah, that's uh... that's how we're doing it. <laughs> well, I think so. I think we have a lot of unique tastes, but there is some overlap. So I'm excited to get into it. Oh yes. Yeah. Well, yeah. To give a, a lay of the land. See, we've been friends since I don't know, 20 years ago. Not quite 20, but it's definitely been a while. Our friendship celebrated its quinceanera uh, this year. <laughs> yeah, we, we grew up playing video games, and we've uh, we've since decided that we have very different tastes in video games, but we still try to come together and form over the medium that we love. And so... There's different games that we've had, you know, over the years that have changed us and moved us and brought us closer together, and we would like and to explore some of those. Quite the opposite as well. There's, there's games that have very much tested <laughs> just how close we actually are. Looking at you, Mario Party. You guys want to want to explain what kind of games uh, tickle your fancy, so to speak? Yeah. So I mainly have kind of pigeonholed myself into a FPS slash like survival genre. So I'm a big fan of things like Rust, Project Zomboid, DayZ. Um, still catch me on COD. The old like RPG first person experience. Looking back at like Fallout was big inspiration in in the hobby. Okay, yeah, yeah. If it's not hard and unrewarding, Zach's probably not going to play it. No, yeah, definitely. I <laughs> I found my... Stri- like, outside of the Dark Souls series, I find myself in the uh, masochist category. You forgot to uh, to include... What's that uh, the Minecraft mod? Oh, RL Craft, yeah. If there's a listener that's never heard of RL Craft, I would, uh, I would recommend you stay as far away as possible. You ever want to take like a really fun, cute game and just make it deplorable and terrifying? And then put it on hardcore mode like me and fill up your hard drive with save files. Yeah. Uh, how about you, D'Amico? What kind of games uh, tickle your fancy? Well, more recently, I've been into a lot of action adventure games. So to name a few examples, it'd be certain games like, you know, Bayonetta, Final Fantasy those kind of games and the second i would say would just be maybe adventure games so adventure games like zelda or um again maybe like god of war or horizon starfield actually just came out so those kind of games how about you i try to find a game that fits all of our needs. i'm pretty flexible in the games that i play um i guess where i defer is more competitive based games so i love fighting games a little bit of one-on-one competition outside of that though i play basically any game that i find interesting puzzle games you got the legend of zeldas obviously i, I play uh, you know you know what let me just let me just stop playing around if it's triple a i'm playing it if it's not i'd never heard of it. a thousand percent i am a shill for large corporations oh my I'm god gonna, <laughs> I'm, I'm gonna, gonna sit here and, uh, and sit like a fraud i need to change your perspective <laughs> a thousand percent yeah, yeah but i promise you if there's a big game from major studio odds are i'm buying that on the release date yeah so that brings me to my next question what are you guys currently playing so recently I purchased subsistence and I regret purchasing subsistence okay <laughs> Rating um, review. 
I've put maybe an hour and a half. I feel like so I should have I should have seen the warning signs even before getting the game. It's in early access. Came out 2016. Was released to okay. Steam Store. Wow. The gameplay feels choppy at best and unrewarding and dull. I can't speak for the mid to late game, but wasn't my cup of tea. Just out of curiosity, and I can cut this if you don't want it in, but how much was this game? Oh, what, I think like $15 or something. They're really being generous with the term early access. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Right. Worst part is I saw that they're selling skins, which is mm. atrocious. But I, mm-hmm. from what I've seen, I think it's like either a small team or like one person. Okay. And is this a, a survival game? Yes, it is a uh, survival game with, like, gunplay. You build a base, and then eventually hunters come in and will, like, attempt to essentially, like, raid that base. On paper, that's everything that you need in a video. It's literally everything I want, and they did it horribly. The execution's bad. But yeah, I could go on for a while. I've been playing some Risk of Rain 2 and uh, grinding out rust, as always. Bada boom. I love it. How about you, Mikael? What are you playing? I'll keep it simple. I'm playing three games mainly. Kina, Bridge of Spirits. Um, I pushed past a puzzle I was on. And I'm enjoying that double-A game, you know, to kind of touch on that point again. But it's high production. It is a, a fun ROM. And then moving through Spider-Man Remastered, just doing some crimes here and there. And touching on Starfield and Tears of the Kingdom in there but those are huge games and you kind of have to be in the mood for those things yeah kind i, of I love me some uh, some kenna man that's a Broken that's a pixar-esque game that game's yeah. absolutely beautiful i agree it's uh it's good i like it um the combat is somewhat simple but there is like depth to it in terms of like using different abilities and then using the rot and stuff which are those like little black animals that she uses but it's very fun so I think I'm gonna finish finish that. And you still playing through Spider-Man? Um, I'm done with it, but I do want to just like platinum it, so I might do the crimes. Oh, you metal chasers! <laughs> trophies, 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 medals. Achievements. These are these are console problems. What do you mean? Steve has achievements. But who no looks at them? Complete. Yeah, no one. No one looks at them. I look <laughs> at them because I'm a creep. Because I'm a console player in disguise. <laughs> it's okay you'll be converted soon enough more or less i i i basically am but uh, yeah I'm, uh, I'm playing a few indie games that no one's ever heard of um starfield baldur's gate 3 oh my gosh <laughs> and uh yeah no at well, time of recording uh the pokemon scarlet dlc just came out don't ask me my opinions on the game they're not pleasant but did i play <laughs> you know, 30 hours in the dlc already yeah i did because <laughs> i'm a shell well, there's if there's one thing about you, it's your loyalty. A segue to what you've been playing: Pokemon, Baldur's yeah. Gate three, Starfield, in that order. Yeah, more or less. I mean, I'm, I'm bouncing between a few, and then like I have Final Fantasy sixteen. I'm like, oh, there's a lot. If if I talk about games that I put in my backlog, we're gonna be here all day. But those are the games that like I actively cycle through. For the past like week, it's just been Pokemon. For those of you who don't know, Pokemon just increased their commission basically for winning tournaments they tripled it so it's actually like a livelihood now and my boy's uh, well, going to be the very best like no one ever was and collect uh, all the badges dog make cynthia my uh my, my personal bestie 
Yeah, that's what yeah, he was going to say. Uh, it's called VGC, which stands for Video Game Competition, and it's the double battle format in uh, Pokemon. That's where most of the actual com- competitions are in place. So I'm playing a whole lot of that. Catch me on Ladder or on a stream. I do stream a whole lot of it. Hashtag forecast one, two, three. Might be beating my ass in Gen 4. A thousand percent. <laughs> if I'm not banned in, uh, in chat for a very fair reason. Get a, it's got a F in chat for... <laughs> for being banned for legitimate reasons. I would, I would put an F in chat, but I'm banned. From <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right. So, um, yeah, so that, that's just a little bit of what we're playing. That's our tastes, our general tastes. But so we, me and the boys were workshopping some ideas for like an Apple one for the podcast. And like we, uh, we decided like, you know, we've been gaming basically our entire life. And the reason why we, uh, we became such close friends was partially through gaming and having similar interests. So uh, we wanted to talk about some of the games that we've played throughout our lives and uh, you know, just use video games as an outline for you to decipher our personalities, like a Turek test for video games. I have two words. Of course. Halo 3. Okay. <laughs> talk about it, buddy. I believe, and I think this is a common experience shared across the world. I believe Halo 3 was near the peak of split screen. And we were part of the generation that was still able to, like, experience that. I have a lot of fond memories on Forge Maps, NBK Castle. (laughs) Fat Man. Fat Man. Sitting Duck. The game mode, Sitting Duck. And those moments, it can happen online, but those split-screen moments of having the person in the room, it, it means a lot. Yeah, so to paint a picture of what the bulk of our childhood looked like, we played video games on what a twenty-four inch screen, something like that. Being old, generous. Really, yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. One of those really old TVs that had like the VHS and DVD plugins, sitting on top of a nightstand with all of us like inches away, of course having wired controllers. But yeah, I remember a lot of uh, Forge hijinks. We would, uh, for those of you who don't know, Forge in Halo is the map creation mode, and in that mode, you play fly around as little robots placing things and i remember distinctly zach and i would pull out like giant grids and use them as weapons and we would spin them around really really fast just trying to like flatten each other for hours it's a whole lot of fun oh yeah so halo 3 a very good game that impacted you early on in your life how about you alec this goes into what i was just saying earlier but pokemon um, I've been playing Pokemon since I can re- I can form memories. My first ever console was a Nintendo 64, and my older brother had Pokemon Stadium on it, so I would play with him every single. And then, moving into childhood, it was I, I was an awkward child. I moved states, I moved across the country, and I didn't really have a lot of friends. So being able to chat on the schoolyard about like rumors with Pokemon, you know, me under the truck, stuff like that helped me form friendships growing up and eventually it, it got me closer to you guys. We we began our friendship with uh Yu-Gi-Oh actually with tabletop games. Ugh. And um Oh my god, I will fight you personally. <laughs> yeah, I, I will climb through my computer <laughs> and fight you. But what really like forged a friendship amongst us was being able like Zach and I trading uh in our diamond and pearl games on the DS. And then it seems like every every time that a new Pokemon game comes out, I eventually got D'Amico into Pokemon with Pokemon Sword and Shield and we played hundreds of hours of that. Oh yeah. So I'd say like Pokemon is a constant in my life. It's it's created avenues for me to form lifelong friendships so i'd say like you know for a for a game in my formative years pokemon definitely did the trick fair well, enough, yeah, fair enough. i don't know i mean if i'm thinking early on 
my first console was, you know, PS2 and a Game Boy Advance. Mm-hmm. So not necessarily at the same time, but in the same year or like year and a half. But I got a PS2. Then I really didn't know much about games, so I was stumbling through obviously licensed stuff as well as random games. Then I landed on, for me. This is before Kingdom Hearts, and we'll get into my love for Kingdom oh, Hearts. Oh, we'll get into Kingdom Hearts, don't you worry. That might be its own dedicated episode, but <laughs> Spider-Man, the uh, movie game, I got into that, and I was like, dang, I really like this interpretation of Spider-Man. I played the PlayStation Spider-Man a lot, but this one was like mature, it was difficult, it was ahead of my time, because I was, I don't know, six or seven, and this game was like probably more for like an early teen. It was fun, it was difficult, and that would be like my first introduction to loving a licensed character as well as playing video games and appreciating licensed games. Without a doubt, man. There was nothing like early 2000s licensed video games. <laughs> That's one way to put it, yeah. They just, they just don't make them like they used to. But that would be an early game. The mention of the PS2 triggered a bit of a memory okay. while, while we're down Nostalgia Road. San Andreas! I remember us taking turns on co-op. Man, co-op San Andreas is something that people do not talk about enough. Another one that I feel like probably a relatable experience for a lot of people, but it was a lot of fun. Punching some cheat codes and just yeah, go definitely off. Definitely way too young to be playing that game. 100%. Uh, thousand percent that's yeah, why we had um, to go to your house to play it <laughs> exactly yeah and alexia would hop in there too my uh my, my sister and it sucked because you couldn't get more than like 30 meters away from each other and we would constantly be fighting over the jetpack chico <laughs> flying cars yeah i always wanted to go in the flying car yeah 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 uh, that actually um that raises another question what consoles uh were you guys playing around this time so uh for me like i, I grew up with not the most obscure of consoles you know it, we we started with the nintendo 64 i have three siblings so we would fight constantly over that my brother got it i'd take a dreamcast and um then eventually we get a PS2. But the, primarily, whenever in my youth, I was playing a lot of uh, handheld games, Nintendo DS, Game Boy, Game Boy Advance, that kind of stuff. What were you guys playing? Well, I had a Game Boy Advance SP as my first console. Nice. What color? It was black, and I put a Charmander sticker on it. We love that. But within, like, the first year, broke the back so that the light wor- wouldn't work. <laughs> you heard it here first. Zach's been breaking back since 2006. Yeah, so it was, you know, it was a good time. PS2, admittedly, I don't think I was as interested. While I did play a lot of, like, Crash Bandicoot titles Mm -hmm. and some of the, like, multiplayer stuff, I don't think I really had my interest, like, peaked until the, like, 360. And around, like, when that came out, I was going to, like, pawn shops and stuff. So I got myself a GameCube late after the GameCube's life. You know, I think that GameCube really sparked an interest. Yeah, Metroid Prime. Metroid Prime, Smash Bros. Melee, Luigi's Mansion, Kirby Air Ride. Need for Speed. And the Yu-Gi-Oh! games. And the Yu-Gi-Oh! games. On GameCube? Yeah, there was a... What would you have on GameCube? Was that Duelist of the Roses? No, that was PS2. No, so Duelist of the Roses on PS2 is goaded. Let me just say that. You know, put some respect on that name. But for the GameCube one, there was a, like, top-down war simulator for Mm Yu-Gi-Oh! That I was a big so fan of. That wasn't Duels for the Roses? I'm, I'm, no. I, I, I'm having like a false memory here. Duels for the Roses, I might have to 
go out to sea and put a patch on my eye for because that game is really good. Well, you, Mika, you, you played a lot of PS2, right, Mika? Um, in terms of games that I guess I would play, like, you know, in my, the middle of my life or teens, early 20s, was admittedly, like, you know, a lot of 360 stuff, too. And we took turns with Skyrim, and that was an experience, and I went all throughout that as a wood elf. And then Fallout <laughs> 3, Fallout New Vegas on the 360. That was very fun. We, again, all took turns. Mm-hmm. So that brought us together. We had stories to share. And I'm leaning more towards Fallout, even though I know Alec, and I'll pass the torch to you. You prefer more of Elder Scrolls. Yeah, that's a conversation we had pretty recently. I, I think the memories involved in Elder the Elder Scrolls franchise for me is why I gravitate towards like more medieval fantasy. As, far, as opposed to a, a sci-fi fantasy. Yeah, Skyrim was just such a unique experience. So uh, just, just to, to head the conversation that way for a second, we originally got Skyrim on Redbox. There was a Redbox at a, a grocery store a few blocks away from us, and we would rent a game for a dollar a day. And we got Skyrim, yeah. and we played that game raw. So we, we were all three just overly enthralled with it. It was unlike anything that we'd ever seen. And we played, you take turns playing single-player games, but we never did it so consistently. Yeah, it's like, it's like all right, two hours, or yeah, all right, three hours. We all had an hour, <laughs> and then we would uh, make deals in the background. Like, it was Zach's turn, and it was me and Domika on the couch watching him. We'd be like, okay, you could take two hours now if I could take my two-hour block later. Actually, you guys go ahead and go to sleep. I'm going to stay up until 4 o'clock in the morning and play Skyrim. <laughs> <laughs> that was an experience. As far as, like, games in, like, the adolescent years of our lives, Zach had his two words with Halo 3. I'm going to have mine. Anime game. We played so many anime games together. Oh yeah. Yeah, actually anime games is what got me into uh, to anime as much as I was. I was huge in Dragon Ball whenever we became friends. We played a lot of Dragon Ball Z, Budok- Budokai Tenkaichi 3. We yes. played that <laughs> constantly. We had friends come over and we'd play it. Kid Boo goaded. Ourselves. Yes, but you guys had Naruto Ultimate Ninja 2. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's like, oh shit. Yeah, I hated Naruto whenever I whenever it first came out. I hated it because it took Dragon Ball time slot on Toonami. <laughs> yeah, Personal like, this grudges. is ridiculous. Yeah, exactly. You guys are good. It's goaded. Dragon Ball Z is goaded. I was an elitist at eight years old. <laughs> uh, for Shonen anime. And uh, yeah, Ultimate Ninja 2, you guys are just like, give it a chance. <laughs> and uh, because you guys were playing Ultimate Ninja 2... I gave it a chance and I watched the tuning exams. So from that moment on, we played nothing but Naruto games. And then we continued playing Naruto games um, up until this very day. Except for me, I dropped out. Yeah, yeah, you dropped. Well, I mean, you were never really too into it. It was, correct me if I'm wrong, but it was, it was, fighting games in general just kind of turned too competitive, especially if you're not really interested in the IP. Yeah, so I think that, like, I enjoy, like, playing, like, casually. For the most part, you know, it's just not the biggest interest. I think it's another another argument for split screen. When you're, like, in the moment with the person, it creates, like, a certain experience, especially with fighting games. That's kind of oh, yeah. hard to replicate. Without a doubt. I remember D'Amico and I were, D'Amico was making a lot of friends. We went to different high schools. We would all come over to your house and play Naruto Ultimate Ninja Storm. We're talking six kids on the couch. Your mom didn't, walked in, didn't know what was happening. You invited the whole neighborhood over and just take uh, to play tournaments in Ultimate Ninja Storm. 
Sean, Curtis, like AJ. Everybody, everybody, dog. Shout out to the boys if y'all listening. <laughs> everybody. <laughs> yeah. We pulled up people we, we've talked to for like, you know, a week. They're pulling up at your house, playing Ultimate Ninja for hours. Michelle. Why is Michelle at your house? He's usually not here, but. Yeah, he found a new combo with Sasuke, so he's going to be here a little while. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, Zach, for you, what would you say is a, a game that impacted you in your formative years? God, New Vegas, I think, was okay. a powerhouse for a lot of my identity and a lot of the lens that I have on the world. I think there is a... Similar to, like, I, I feel like Skyrim didn't have that oomph for me. I do mm -hmm. think Skyrim is, like, good game. I put over 3,000 hours into it. It's solid. You know, I like it. But... New Vegas is one of those games that I feel has so many moments that make you question your perspective and solidify one's identity that I, I don't think I've seen since. So I'll have to give it to New Vegas. Shout out Fallout 3 DLC. The main game talking? was okay. All of it. All of Fallout 3 DLC was, was solid. Would you choose uh, Fallout 3 DLCs over Fallout New Vegas DLCs? If we're going for all of them, yes, I would. I think Fallout 3 right. had better DLC than Fallout 4. Or Fallout uh, I disagree, Vegas. but I think it's just because of the uh, the dated mechanics in Fallout 3 for me. That's valid point. Um, right. no, that's that's a goaded choice, though. Fallout New Vegas, I agree. There has not been a game like it since, and they have tried. Looking at you, Outer wor Worlds. Yeah. Oh, that was a disappointment for me. Man, me too. It was just too... It, it was very small scale. But yeah, let's not dwell into a review for Outer Worlds. <laughs> Yeah, so I mean that goes into where we are now. So we're talking like more recent times, guys, like 18 plus. Whenever you think about your love for gaming now, what games spark that memory for you? I could talk for hours on Rust. Yeah, give us a snippet of uh, what drives you for Rust and why you find yourself coming back to it time and time again. So I feel that Rust gets uh, a lot of the simple things right. The gameplay loop is enjoyable, very rewarding skill gap, so you feel rewarded for getting better, and there's a lot of like options for how you want to go about things. For anyone who doesn't know what the game is, essentially it is a always online, would MMO be accurate, Alec? It wouldn't be inaccurate. Always online survival FPS MMO. So essentially the general gameplay loop is build a base, Climb through a tech tree, buy grinding resources, get guns, go around, shoot people, and AI. Yeah, it just does a lot of what I want, and it's constantly expanding. I feel like Face Punch has been pretty good about that. Recent news, they might be moving out to a, a different engine, so we might be getting like a complete rework. Let's go. Are they on Unity right now? They are on, I think it is Unity, because they just okay, upped yeah. the price on oh, licensing. Yeah, all my homies hate Unity. <laughs> um, but I do want to shout out the, the third shout out I feel is important. You mentioned a AAA game, Alec. Miko yeah. mentioned a AA game. Mm -hmm. My contender, I'm going to throw out one hour and one life. Okay, talk about it. This game, you are born as a baby to parents that are actual other players on a server that was started by just one person eve and it's a civilization that plays out so you're born at to born into this world at some point and every minute counts as a year for your life going through the like full experience of a life being taught how to do things by your parents because they realize you're a new player working jobs and then seeing the elders die and oh, jesus 
you know, passing through the cemetery of, like, everyone who's helped contribute to this, you know, thriving society was kind of just, it was a very emotional and spiritual experience. It sounds extremely unique. I, I draw the comparison to uh, that one episode of Rick and Morty where uh, he had a whole life in a video game. Uh, I feel like I would get too immersed into it. That's, that is valid. That sounds awesome, though. I feel like, you know, not a lot of people have, uh, have heard of this, especially, no, I haven't being a triple a AAA shell my my biggest gripe with it is it's mainly just crafting and trying to like stay alive so you could build you know from scratch a car but most of the time it's going to take generations to finish that car so you'll see someone has laid out like half of the workings for a car or something i've seen cities develop to the point where there's like multiple civilizations on the server going to war with each other that's I've also it. spawned in with just being the first person in the world. Jesus. Yeah, that's enough to give you an existential crisis. Oh, yeah. Those are solid picks. I would say, for me, probably the single most impactful game in my entire life. You know, if anyone knows me, it's not going to be a huge shock, but God of War 2018. So, you know, God of War 2018, it came out in a, a tough time for me. I had just, again, moved across the country. I, had my, I left my friends. I, I was dealing with a lot of personal stuff. And the subject matter and the narrative about being afraid of turning into the person that you used to be while, uh, while trying to forge new relationships really spoke to what I was doing at the time. But what really changed my life, there's a, a film based around the development of the game. It's called Raising Kratos. The, it's a documentary about the development of the game from the perspective of the, the of creative director, Corey Barlog. And seeing somebody so frantic, so like anxious, so much like me, being able to put his ideas and uh, and make them into creations, uh, put something that like no nobody in 20, 2016, whenever this game was in development, nobody wanted another God of War. God of War was that uh, that weird franchise with a lot of blood and the sex minigame. Um, no one was really, you know, dying for a new installment of it. But, you know, this guy had a good idea. He had recently just become a father himself. And being able to see somebody who, who seemed to have such a loose idea of how to run things as I do, be able to successfully create, like, recreate a franchise. It, uh, it spoke to me in a way that things really haven't. And, and I always tell people that um, video game development is like my NBA. It's something that I always thought was, I, well, you have to be lucky to get into it. But that really turned my idea to this can actually be a reality for me as well. And if I if I don't know what else I'm going to be doing in the world, I might as well try to turn my ideas into creation. And it struck me to such a core that I um, I switched majors into game development. I studied to become a game developer. I became computer literate. And now I want to turn video games into my entire life. So I'd say without a doubt, that's probably going to be the most impactful game of my life, especially of recent times. But how about you, Mika? What would you say? Well, it would have to be, I guess, Kingdom Hearts. So, Kingdom Hearts 3 was a long time coming, and I never anticipated it actually coming out on the PS4, but it did. Despite certain nitpicks and everything, it's not a perfect game, but I thought it was everything I wanted, and they delayed it, and it turned out to be great. The DLC was also amazing, and Kingdom Hearts is it for me. But besides that, it would probably be Breath of the Wild, I guess, mm. on the Switch, just because that was very moving and monumental at that time oh, period. Yeah. Never a game like it until this Kingdom came out. But I would say Kingdom Hearts 3. Okay, yeah, I was uh, I was battling the idea of putting Kingdom Hearts 3 on there as well. 
Do you want to talk about what the Kingdom Hearts franchise means to you? Because we've been playing it since we were kids. We've been playing it since before we knew each other. Yeah, yeah. I'm a fake fan of only um, played two. I'll touch on it briefly. <laughs> yeah, you are a fake fan. You love Chain of Memories uh, and, the, and the Game Boy. Oh, yeah. Chain of Memories was goaded. Her mom used to have us go to this lady named Sue's house. We used to hang out with her sons after school and stuff. And um, they were just playing Kingdom Hearts 2 and Agrabah. I was like, what's that? And they're like, that's Kingdom Hearts 2. And I'm like, there's Disney characters in there too. And then he's like, yeah, there's Disney characters in this game. And I'm like, game's so cool. And then like, I had wanted Kingdom Hearts 2. I eventually got that. I didn't even play the first one. And then I went back and I played the first one. But it was monumental. It was like next gen for me. And then the rest is history. I fell in love with the franchise. And it's confusing bots. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, me and Amigo have varying levels of an encyclopedic knowledge lore of Kingdom Hearts. It's so impressive it should be on our resume. <laughs> Anyone who's able to follow that, that clusterfuck. But yeah, Zach played some Kingdom Hearts 2, right? And then mostly Chain of Memory. Yeah, uh, I tried to go back for one, wasn't a fan. But, you know, I can respect the franchise. Yeah, D'Amico. So I, I, the reason I was going to put Kingdom Hearts 3 on there instead of God of War, even though God of War meant so much to me, is uh, Kingdom Hearts 3 also came out around the same time as God of War. And uh, me and Miko, we uh, we were living in college at the time together. And then I moved across the country. And uh, it was the first time in our, in our lives that we'd ever spent a prolonged amount of time away from each other. And then that game came out and it was the cutest thing ever. D'Amico and I played the entire thing side by side online together, like on chats we played the entire like 100 hour campaign. So yeah, that that should give people a pretty good idea of the kind of people that we are and the kind of games that we gravitate towards. There's a lot of uh, varied uh, approaches to our uh, our taste in games and somehow we find ourselves still being able to mesh and and talk about it. So that's the beautiful thing about gaming. No matter what you're into, there's something for everybody. And it's something that everyone can get excited talking about. But uh, what kind of games are we playing together these days if, if we have such difference? Smash, easy. Oh, yeah. Get him on a smash. Miko and I play a lot of action-adventure co-op games. Right now, we're playing through Gotham Knight. It's Gotham, right? Not Arkham. Gotham Knights. Gotham Knights. We're playing Gotham Knights, and we're being bat babies, kicking ass, and uh, and killing people, and hiding it from Alfred. Huh. Exactly. <laughs> Why? Why are you doing that? Batman's not supposed to kill people. It, it, oh, well, well, we're not playing as Batman. That's the thing. Batman doesn't kill. I ain't Batman. Are you the Joker? <laughs> No, no, we're playing as... Alex is so, playing as Redwood. Yeah, in, in Gotham Knights, you play as the Batman babies, so like all of his sidekicks. Ah. And uh, there's I one I thought they were actual like, babies. No, no, no. no. <laughs> <laughs> one of them is. One of them is like 13. Tim Drake. <laughs> but that's the, one, that's the one character that me and Amiko stay away from. We do not play him whatsoever. Yeah, um, Miko mains Batgirl, and uh, he is an enabler. I play, I, I main Jason Todd, and we roleplay. All the Pretty time. much fuel him. And then... Yeah, <laughs> yeah Jason Todd, um, go to the, of the comics, is a sociopath. <laughs> a sociopath who constantly has to like, fight his killing her. So that's how I roleplay him. <laughs> I'm just breaking jaws. I, I go out not to save crime, but to uh, to sa satiate my bloodlust. Nice. And then uh, Zach and I, we play a lot of card games. Yeah. Uh, uh, not a lot. We used to play it more, but we play a lot of Yu-Gi-Oh! Specifically the Edison format of Yu-Gi-Oh! Which, uh, for those of you who don't know, uh, 2006 Yu-Gi-Oh! Uh, the prime of the series. 2010. 2010. 2006 would be GOAT, which is actually GOAT. not the prime. But Edison's, <laughs> Edison's okay, too. Uh, we play a lot of competitive Pokemon together, Generation 4. We get some overlap on COD and Overwatch. Yeah, we get some overlap in COD and Overwatch. My fiance is a huge Overwatch stan. She's playing it right now. 
I'll convince you to return to Project Zomboid eventually. I genuinely enjoy Project Zomboid. I don't need any convincing. It's just not on my system right now. Fix that. They did it for Baldur's Gate. I, I gotta delete Baldur's Gate, dude. Yeah. That's as that much just has part to of happen. myself. That's what? Get an external. my left lung, dude. I mean, if, if you need to delete the oh left God. lung to put it on your hard drive, I guess that's just what you gotta do. So here's my level of, uh, of technical savviness. I'm able to install my GPU. I have an SSD. I do not trust myself to install it. Uh. So it's there. It's going to go to Geek Squad. I'm not <laughs> doing it myself. I'm not going to break all my, my, my entire shit. But yeah, um, like I deleted Call of Duty off of my Xbox. And I don't think I, I'd have to delete like four games to redownload it. <laughs> That's it's crazy. It's like 150 gigs, dude. Yeah, it's it's way Who's too big. Who's doing that? It's way too For big. what? For six maps? <laughs> I'm not buying the next one. This is, I think, the last Call of Duty I buy. Bear, I, I kind of regret buying this one. Um, you know, Alexia actually plays a lot of Call of Duty. Tell her to hit me up. I need people to play with. There you go. Alexia is Alex's twin sister. Mm-hmm. That's my bestie. Play Pokemon together. Play a lot of Pokemon Go together. Pokemon Go to the polls. Yo, um, side note, Alexia is actually cracked at uh, Pokemon Go. We were hanging together for our birthday recently, and she was, like, showing me <laughs> her, like, bank of Pokebank. And Dog has like 300 shiny Pokemon. She, she was sitting there like, oh, go ahead and pick a legendary for your birthday. Well, shiny legendary. You want to Rayquaza? <laughs> I got you. Oh my gosh. <laughs> and then I couldn't, we couldn't do it because I'm not a high enough level. And she's like, oh, you simply have to get good. <laughs> Dog is goaded. Actually uh -huh. insane. But yeah, um, so I wanted to talk about some of the games that we played uh, growing up. Let me, let me paint a picture for how our childhood looked, at least from my perspective. So you guys are brothers and I did not live with you. So you could not tell if, uh, if you're an outside person that I did not live with you guys. Basically every single waking day, I was over your guys' house. Your mom, very intelligently on her part, decided to not let you guys dive into video games every single weekday. But on the weekend, I'd come over basically every weekend and we'd nonstop play video games. So whenever you guys are thinking about that time in our life, what video games come to mind? I'm like for Halo, for me personally, Halo 3, a thousand percent. Yep. Oh yeah. Uh, many games on Modern Warfare 2. Yo, y'all prestiged on co-op on Modern Warfare yeah that's that's yeah, crazy yeah. that's so insane well i i didn't prestige i hit max i didn't want to prestige because i didn't see the point in going back to level one especially yeah you guys didn't have internet you guys were just playing by yourselves yeah <laughs> so crazy um i remember playing halo 3 and then like all of us were on like a pretty even playing field i think then we took it over to my house and we played with my other brother, Justin. And then we we never did that again. <laughs> yeah. My older brother was a, an absolute troll and he was a very, very sore winner. He hurt many a feeling. Yeah. Hurt a lot of feelings. <laughs> Maybe all of them. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> All right, how about you, Miko? What first-person shooter, I guess? Would you say, would you relate to our childhood? I'm not going to repeat, like, Halo, then probably pick... No, I said Halo 3, not repeat. You could say, you could say Reach. I don't know. Oh, maybe Zach and I, we played ODST. That would be a good experience, and then the firefights were fun. I'm very glad we, we all three got to go back and play that together. Yeah, me too. Yeah, we recently did that, and uh, it, was, it was my first time playing through the game. Yeah, as far as, like, single-player story modes for the main game, I think that would definitely hits, like, the top two for me yeah uh -huh. justin and i i remember for halo 3 we my old brother he's he's not insignificantly older old enough to like not have a lot of similar interests and um he had an xbox 360 he was playing halo 3 one night and so like at 9 a.m 9 p.m i decided to ask him play the the main story together 
We played that until 6 a.m. And we uh, we completed the entire main story on legendary difficulty. That's probably my my favorite Halo moment. You know, it's so sad. Uh, the three of us, we we constantly we we've tried time and time again to recreate that same experience with the Halo franchise, but it's taken such a downward turn. Yeah, I don't like what they're doing with it now. No, no, it's real weird. Halo got bad the second the announcers started sounding enthusiastic. <laughs> <laughs> the half of Halo 5 that I did play... or uh, Halo 5? I'm sorry. The half of Halo 4 that I did play, I was not too big of a fan of. A little bit of uh, background lore. It's a kind of a running trend that I've stolen video games from Zach, and that's definitely one of them. Yes. And we don't, don't hold grudges. We just... We don't hold uh, grudges. No, he doesn't hold grudges. I have nothing to grudge against. Yeah, I just <laughs> like to... I like to bring it up every so often. Yeah, exactly. It serves, as a, it serves as a little bit of a shadow guilt for me. Oh, well, I'm not trying to guilt you. I just... No, that's funny. It gives me a little chuckle. <laughs> so, um, yeah. Halo 4... If it makes you feel any better, I only played through half, too. So we only experience the same amount of fuckery. How do you guys feel about our moments when we're playing stuff more akin like, do you remember playing Kirby Air Ride and when we were still playing like Melee? I, so I, I don't remember Kirby Air Ride vividly. I do have memories of it, but I feel like that's only because whenever we were playing Kirby Air Ride, I wanted us to play Melee. I do have a lot of memories. Super Smash Brothers. Um, I remember unlocking Mewtwo with you and you, you had to keep the game on all night. Or something like that? I forgot. I forgot what I... Oh, I think there's like a few different ways to do it. And I I think it was like you either like run up the game time or you play like a whole bunch of matches or you like beat the game with each character. I remember pretty vividly that there was a time where you um, you try to max it out. So like you you did a 1v1 against the computer for like overnight, like nine hours. But the problem with growing up in a house with three boys who would like run around and just mess things up and you know a mother figure who would constantly clean things that gamecube definitely got shut off one way or another either got unplugged <laughs> thrown against the wall or just cleaned over and i remember having to repeat that process several times and also um i do distinctly remember you wiping your memory from your gamecube and just having to do everything over again yeah good times i feel like kingdom hearts for me and miko was uh, a near constant is that fair to say to miko yeah i mean we played kingdom hearts 2 like 12 plus times oh, on the ps2 until it was like <laughs> re really just like glitching out at the halloween town or nightmare before christmas yes that's right oh man i remember that there was the scene where you go into like santa's factory and we played that disc so raw that the game just infinitely loaded at that spot and i remember like walking in like zach and i were playing Yu-Gi-Oh in the living room and i walked in on you just staring at this blank screen like what are you doing and you're like i'm waiting for it to load i just want to see you played up to that point like six times you couldn't skip cutscenes on the original ps2 version you could not skip cutscenes. that's right i moved next to you for college you got we gotta love kingdom hearts naming conventions you got the kingdom hearts 1.5 plus 2.5 hd remake uh, collection and i remember all of our friends playing the kingdom hearts series together and we were just talking about this recently but kingdom hearts for those of you who don't know has a movie which is just an animated version of a mobile game we don't want to talk about. but i remember distinctly all of us going to your house at like 10 o'clock in the morning and all just circling around your TV and watching that movie. Yeah. That's good times. That's good times. I feel like there was something that wasn't a shooter on the Xbox that we played. Well, we played a lot of Naruto games. We played like the Broken Bonds, Skyrim. We also, we did take yeah, the, turns with Fallout. Um, not as frequently. Yeah, we played through Fallout 3 DLC. Yeah. 
New Vegas. We took turns with that. The alien DLC. Yeah. Remember, I was a cannibal in uh in Fallout New Vegas. Of course. <laughs> of course, they had legendary times. <laughs> I was a bleached skin cannibal. I ate every single person I came across. So that should be a, a good layout of who we are and the kind of friendships that we were able to forge through gaming. Now, I promise you, dear listeners, that we will never agree on anything as hard as we will. You have games from our childhood. <laughs> there wasn't a lot of fighting this episode, but rest assured, there will be. I was being sarcastic about that. Or do you think we're actually going to be fighting? Me and Miko? A thousand percent. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe I'll be the I'll be the middle ground then. Yeah. No, you're you're pretty uh you're pretty lax with opinions. You, you generally respect others' opinions. The mean to Miko, we can't say the same thing. <laughs> yeah, I'm about to get a, uh, his neck. Yeah, I was definitely <laughs> being sarcastic, but all right, let's go. I'm ready. Well, I, I thought you were too, but I know Alec wasn't. So I'm like. All right, um, we're gonna bring it. Crazy. We're I'm crazy. here for the smoke. Single player. I'm trying to cancel every single game you love. You are <laughs> trying to cancel every single game I love. So there was a long time in our friendship where Domingo and I, we love YouTube. That's one thing about us. We're gonna watch a good YouTube video. Zach, you too. Yeah. Oh um, yeah. Zach and I, we watch a lot of the same kind of content. We watch um, like video essays and stuff like that. But for like a solid, what would you say to me? Two years, you were watching exclusively just rage bait. Uh, yeah, maybe a solid year and a half, two years. Just watching it's solid like, rage bait, every single and video. Mine. Yeah, yeah, and like every single time that a video game would come out, I'd be like, "Yo, this game looks lit," and you're like, "Oh, well, it only runs at 59 frames per second on the PS5, and Sony is like an egregious company." I'm like, "What? What's going? What?" <laughs> All I said is it looks decent. Man, that was a that was time. Arguments are still valid, but yeah. <laughs> oh, and it begins. Yeah, yeah. All I'm saying is if I wanted to watch a Digital Foundry video, I would unblock yeah. <laughs> You just gonna let him say that? You guys didn't realize I'm just an instigator. I'm just <laughs> here to make time. it worse. Every single problem that Miko and I have ever had throughout childhood, Zach's been in the background playing us like puppets. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, let's start the conversation with some of uh, our gaming hot takes. I think that's also a good example of, of who we are as gamers. I got one. Ooh. Uh, Pokemon's not that bad. Ooh. So I'll be brave. That's a, that is a hot take. <laughs> yeah. I think not that bad, I guess, is kind of, you know, that's a safe way to put that. Yeah, I'm still playing it safe. <laughs> <laughs> but I think it is not improving. And with the amount of, like, resources allocated, it should be. I think that's the pro the problem with the, quality is the lack of resources. Yeah, they're, they're being created by companies that don't care about the franchise. But still, I think hey, whenever whatever I need from a Pokemon game, I think I'm getting. That's why I put like a hundred and something hours in a Scarlet and Violet. That's fair. How about you guys? I know you guys gotta have some uh, some game. I'm gonna I'm gonna let Miko go first because. I have a few I gotta decide between. You want me to take a stab at Pokemon or you want me to take a stab at. No, 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 no. Leave my franchise alone. Oh. <laughs> Do your okay. Get your own hot takes. Oh, I don't know. I mean, there's so many. But I would say hot takes is a subscription service that just kind of keeps getting inflated and you know, it's great, but it's like, how sustainable is this? And that goes for both video games and just like Netflix and media and stuff. You're talking like, about like yeah, I mean, specifically, you know, like those subscriptions. Like PS Plus and Xbox, but I would say by extension also like Netflix and Hulu and all that. I'm like that stuff's crazy. You know? Yeah, yeah. I, I don't think that's a hot take. I think that's a that's a pretty um, lukewarm take. I think that everyone considers it worse than or just as bad as cable. All right, Zach, uh, put some flame on this uh, this fire. Oh. What do you got for me? <laughs> so I think it's another lukewarm take. I'm trying to find something a little spicier. Looking at my games library, I oh, yeah. think that if you need to 
add features to a game six months after release for it to feel like a complete package, then you failed at making that game. I, mean, I, f- yeah, I think that you didn't make that game. I think you made it later. Yeah. I feel like that's a pretty like lukewarm take, so I'm trying to think of something a bit spicier. Well, uh, I'll give you guys another one. Xbox exclusives are pretty good. I know the year of our Lord and Savior, uh, 2023, that's a, that's a pretty hot take. You know, we had we got Redfall this year, but I feel like Xbox owns so much of the market, they can kind of afford to just throw anything at the wall and see what sticks. And I feel like the ones that are sticking are generally good. Listen, I'm not here. I'm not going to stand on a soapbox and say, Halo Infinite's good. I don't think that's true. I do think the campaign is good. I agree. I think the campaign is one of the best of the series. And that might be a, a, a side hot take. Sure. But decently good. I think Starfield is pretty damn decent. And if you're a hater of Starfield, well, you, you just don't like Bethesda games. Oh, all right. I got <laughs> fucked over on 76. I got Listen, trust dog, issues, we, my friend. We all did. We all did. I feel for you. <laughs> I've heard <laughs> I've heard a lot of negatives. Sure, but I mean, you're going to hear a lot of negatives about most new video games. And like a lot of the Starfield negatives. Listen, when, what do you think is a fair time investment into a game to form a solid judgment on the game. Uh, I, I would consider a ratio. I'd say uh, 20% into the game, you could form a pretty good opinion. Of that. oh, okay. That's fair. I think if a game so doesn't feel game. enjoyable, j- just to be fair, if any piece of media isn't enjoyable within the first hour, if you're not deriving pleasure or some type of like wanted emotion from it within the first hour, it's probably not worth your time, personally. Okay, I could agree. Uh, but could agree. the amount of time that I'll uh, give something that. is about like five hours and if it's not after five hours if like there's no like want to play it anymore it's not getting any more of my time i can respect i don't think if the payoff is really going to take anything more than five hours then i could just go consume any other piece of media for a shorter amount of time and achieve the same wanted result as far as hot takes i think the survival genre is dying Okay, yes, you've discussed this in private before. I don't have a, much of a perspective to uh, to make a fair assessment. Can you uh, outline why you think that way? I feel that with the increase in live service, continuously updated games, mm-hmm. you know, Rust is responsible for this. I feel that a lot of games are released that are like super low quality and then need to be updated. Right. Or they're very old games that have been continuously updated either on like a super old engine or on the original spaghetti code that they were written with. Mm -hmm. I feel that as the genre has like gotten older, there's not a lot of resources being put into the games, which makes cheap games come out, which makes no one wants to go and get a piece of crap so you know the executives see that and don't want to put any more money into it okay. so it's become like a indie genre i feel that at one point it had a chance but that point was like 10 years ago i think it'll be either something of the past or something not seen as commonly pretty soon i feel like it's a I, i've definitely heard about it a lot less over the past half a decade i used to hear a lot about rust specifically and now it seems like survival games is just in general aren't very talked about 
I do see them getting a lot of play, but as far as like, you know, new installments into uh, the monetization aspect of, of just basic modern video games has interfered with a lot of the quality of that genre specifically. Cream, cream de la crop, if we're looking just like numbers wise, is like probably Minecraft. At its yeah. core, like, I think that was probably the peak generally, give or take a few years for the genre. And, uh, man, it feels so weird. Uh, referring to Minecraft as a survival game. I literally That's what it is, though. Yeah, I know. Uh, it it's an open-world so sandbox survival is how I would say it. Yeah, yeah, you know, it's pretty spot on. It's just so weird to think about it. But to be fair, there is something like 20% of the population on Xbox who own Minecraft and mm -hmm. have never earned the achievement to break dirt or something. <laughs> okay. Or not break dirt, uh, make their first pickaxe for uh, survival. So, weird. so there is a part of the Minecraft community who is just exclusively in there for creative. I have another hot take if, if your hands aren't uh, burning already with the heresy that's being from our mouths. Oh, they are. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, this one's really going to get your socks off then. I think that if you think Fortnite is bad, you miss the point. You crying my gears, Alec. <laughs> <laughs> I think Fortnite's listen, good. Listen, listen. Is, yeah, yeah, but a lot of people don't. D'Amico is one of them. <laughs> well, I'm also, I think the only thing cringe in the world is cringe culture. I feel like a Fortnite... Yeah, my hero academia community. <laughs> Fortnite gets a lot of hate because it's something that's hated. Yeah, and I, I mean, like, I, I understand a lot of the critiques, but, like, listen, is Fortnite overpopulated with a younger demographic? For sure. No denying. Is it the most competitive shooter in the world? Absolutely not. But, and I say a big but, what other video game? I'm going to talk to you directly, D'Amico. You tell me, what other video game I could play as Naruto and fight against Spider-Man and Ariana Grande using Spider-Man web shooters and Obi-Wan Kenobi's lightsaber? No game, huh? Alec. Exactly. That's dope as hell, dude. We could be busting If you were to broke, you just buy all the original games to have those characters in them. Yeah, what, 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 yeah, what original game has Ariana Grande? Exactly. <laughs> All right, that's what I thought. Sure, there's a mobile game out there. Just a, <laughs> I, I'm not going to harp on it, but just to like bow in it. I think there is a want for more good survival titles, and I think the proof is in the pudding based on Twitch viewers and based on the fact that a lot of these games are still running, making enough off of cosmetics. Rust is still top 30 for uh, most views. Minecraft is still up there. And yeah, I mean, you got uh, Conan, you got, was it Tarok? Tarkov? That, that, that is a evolution of the genre, in my opinion, is the extraction shooters. But yeah, I was going to put it up there as well. Yeah, uh, okay, well, that's some of our gaming hot takes. So I think, uh, what are you guys thinking? I, I think. Oh, Baldur's Gate 3 is... Chill out. Baldur's <laughs> Gate 3, even without me playing it, does not deserve to be as talked about as it currently is. Burn him as a heretic! And I... <laughs> Do not care who you get to have relations with. And I think that that should not be the first argument that I get from everyone. I mean, it shouldn't be. I'll cut, I'll cut up those two takes because one of those is a hot take and one of those is just my take. But yeah, Baldur's Gate 3 probably ain't hot shit. Dog, you're crazy. You're actually- <laughs> I'll say it. I'll say it. Ooh, you're crazy. You got me like a, like a bulldog in the corner. Arr, you're crazy. What are you talking about? Listen, listen. He didn't mean that. I did. <laughs> With my it. chest. No! 
No, they're crazy. No. So, you know, there's no such thing as a wrong. And uh, you're entitled to your own. Uh, but you are wrong. And if you repeat that again, I will have to, like, pop a blood vessel. So It ain't shit. No, no, no. Listen, listen, listen. Let me talk to you about now that I have you as a captive officer. There's no game ever with this much content, this much player urgency. Player urgency is so big for me. And the fact that you can literally do anything and it's player like, agency. Yeah. It's like the effect that you have on the world around you, the different approaches that you can take towards problem solving in general. There's a game called uh, Plague Tale Requiem. It's a sequel to a game called Plague Tales Innocent. I played through the first game and I was extremely hyped for the second. I bought a Xbox Series X more or less for that game. I uh, I hopped in this game and I realized every single enemy in the game, every single puzzle, there is one way to deal with them, eliminate them or solve the puzzle. There was no other way. And if you tried to be creative, if you try to go outside the box, you were punished by the game. Baldur's Gate 3, the exact opposite of that. You're able to do anything at any time to anyone. And not only are you rewarded for your creative approach to things, but the game developers planned for you to do crazy shit. Now, do I think that it's overhyped? I wouldn't say so, but I could definitely see how one thinks so. <laughs> but it is talked about a lot. <laughs> Once I, it, I understand the annoyance. If you're not interested in it, it is just kind of everywhere. It has been a plague. <laughs> yeah, I was I was trying to turn people on to Baldur's Gate like a few months before it released. And and back then, no one knew what the hell it was. Now, if I mention Baldur's Gate, they're just like, yes, yeah. we know what we're talking about. I feel that freedom is important. You know, I play a good amount of sandbox games, Minecraft, Project Zomboid, Rust. So I feel that agency is important. However, from what I've seen and at least what's being talked about, it is not my cup of tea. I'll, I'll close the uh, the Baldur's Gate. <laughs> let's um, yeah, let's do a whole I, I, thing on it later. Yeah, I'll, I'll close the discussion by saying I love Baldur's Gate for the same reasons I love fallout new vegas it's like when you're playing it you're transported into this world okay. so i'll end it like that okay so what do you guys think do you guys think that we did a pretty good job explaining who the hell we are and what the hell we like i think we were passable okay yeah i i, I enjoyed it so yeah i think that's gonna be it for us today just to close things out once again my name is alec you could follow me on twitch at forecast one two three i usually stream pokemon only on the days of the week ending in y where can the good people find you guys you could find me over on twitch you can find me on the other one find me on youtube i'm gonna have it all linked down below but for most of them you're gonna see it under echo pichu and uh, you're going to find me here on this podcast. But so make sure you come back for it. And how about you, Miko? Where can the good people find you? And don't say your address. You can find me here at Miki Leaky on Discord and also on this podcast, Anti-Meta Podcast. Absolutely beautiful. And to our beautiful listeners, if you enjoyed hearing about our uh, chaotic childhoods and uh, feeling nostalgic with us, go ahead and, uh, and drop a like. Uh, make sure you comment, rank it on whatever... Uh, wherever you hit some eye buttons eye. bro hit some buttons click, click them buttons and it's gonna make three grown people smile so you have that power i suggest you utilize that okay all right well everybody uh thank you again for listening we appreciate uh the uh the attention paid towards our rambling thank you and we'll see you next time say bye guys thank you so bye. much bye. Bye. i love you <laughs>